There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beloveds and welcome back to Beautifully Empowered. I hope you are all well. I hope you're all feeling loved by yourself first and foremost and I hope that you can also feel the love of those around you. So today I'm addressing the crocodile tears of a narcissist. Possibly the most confusing thing to experience with an individual that has narcissistic personality disorder. And sometimes one of the hardest things to really observe because as empathetic beings, those of us that have empathy and those of us that can empathize, we get pulled into when somebody's crying, you genuinely, you know, your empathy kicks in and all you want to do is comfort that person and be there for that person regardless of what's happened, right? With a narcissist, the reason they cry is it is a web of deceit. It's a web of manipulation. So it's a control tactic they use so that you don't leave the relationship. So if you found out they cheated on you or um, trigger warning here, but if they literally slapped you in the face, uh, they did something that was completely crossing your boundaries and it really hurt you and they, you know, invaded your space, um, They would then, when you say, okay, I'm not interested anymore. This is what you did. I'm showing you what you did and I'm making the choice to leave now. The reason narcissists would cry is not for you. They don't, excuse me, they don't cry in the way that you think that they're crying. So they will cry at you as a way to pull you back in. You know, they don't want you to leave, not because they have empathy for you. They 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 have empathy only for themselves. So it's about what that narcissist, um, what that individual with narcissistic personality disorder, should I say, um, is going to lose when you leave, if you leave. And what is it that they lose? They lose their narcissistic supply in the form of your emotional energy which you've been giving to them. So that's what they are not wanting to lose. So they don't love you in the way that you think they do. It's about what they're getting from the relationship as opposed to it being a healthy relationship where, yes, you're getting something, but you're also giving. Um, Another reason why narcissists cry is narcissistic injury i've spoke about this before but it's basically when um this kind of ties into what i said a minute ago but when you're exposing their abuse they'll first of all try and gaslight you you know turn it on you and you did this and you did that so basically the fear shame and guilt is now directed at you rather than the narcissist taking responsibility for what you've 
said that they've done, right? So they'll gaslight you. There's no remorse there. There's no apology. It's all, okay, well, we're pointing the finger back at you now because how dare you expose my abuse? How dare you tell me I'm an abuser or an abusive person? How dare you expose anything that I've done? Now I'm going to point the finger back at you. And so it's the projection. So narcissists, they, they're, they're always talking about themselves. So if you say something or exploit what they've, basically expose what they've done, or, the, or call them out on their shitty behavior, because it's always shitty behavior, they'll immediately, without even thinking or even accepting what you've said, they'll project that back onto you because they, they're not able, they don't have that self-awareness where it's comfortable for them to actually go in within themselves and actually, oh, you know what? I actually did do that and that was really shitty of me. You know, it's like, and again, you know, sometimes a healthy person might project just because it's a self you know, self-defense mechanism. But when it comes to a narcissist, it's pathological narcissism we're talking about here. So I'm not saying that anybody that does that is a narcissist, not at all. Um, it's just it's just interesting to watch how they behave. So this is a really interesting thing that I actually noticed with an individual um, some time ago now, actually. If you go to a funeral... <laughs> Oh, sorry, I wasn't, I didn't mean to laugh then. I was just laughing, not about the funeral, but laughing at the idea of a narcissist at a funeral. Um, You know, you'll be in a, you'll be in a room full of people mourning that person's death, that person's passing, right? The narcissist, however, is not crying in the same way that everybody else is crying. This is, this is what makes them so sinister and incredibly, um, it's incredibly sick, actually. Um, They'll make the biggest scene, they'll be crying the loudest. So basically they do that because then the attention basically is all on them because they're crying the loudest and they're upset the most. Not even for the person that died, but they're crying the loudest for sympathy, you know. Um, And that's not to say that the person isn't sad that this individual's died. I wouldn't go as far to say that. Um, But it's sad because... They're not crying like everybody else is crying because that person's died. They're crying because of what they've lost because that person's died. So what am I no longer gaining now that this person is dead? You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm grieving myself of what I have lost rather than it being, I've lost this connection with this individual. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss their essence. I'm, you know, it's kind of very, very sick in a sense and literally they it's it's kind of like you know this individual um it can also happen where this person didn't even have a relationship with the individual at the funeral and they'll go to the funeral just to get some sort of narcissistic supply like they didn't even know the person they didn't even have a close relationship and I'm not saying that you wouldn't cry at a funeral if you didn't know someone I met I really want to be careful with my words here because I know that things can get kind of taken out of context. But what I'm saying is in, in the way in which narcissists um, work is that even if they didn't know this individual, they'll still make it about them. They'll be like the one crying the loudest in the room so that they get attention. I, again, empathy is only for themselves. It's not that narcissists don't have empathy. 
they have empathy only for themselves and any any other empathy would be cognitive empathy so it's kind of like making you believe that they have the same amount of empathy as you so basically narcissists study people you know they study people and take on people's characteristics and they do that because they they know that they don't have what everybody else has which is this compassion um and a deep drive of empathy to see yourself in another um and you know narcissists are incredibly self-absorbed i mean their ego rules their life and and again we need the ego you have to find um a way for your ego to to express itself because um i've i've spoken about the difference between the false ego and the ego and the false ego is one thing but the ego itself isn't bad right the <laughs> the ego is the ego now the more you try and kill off the ego like kill your ego it's kind of like a new age thing to do which i'm just like are you real like it's kind of like the buddhist kind of idea of like having no desire but that you know you have a desire to have no desire therefore you have a desire right <laughs> so having what was i even saying then <laughs> why do i do this to myself um so it's not that the ego is bad it's that the ego in, in it you know it you need to have that balance of knowing that you are not the ego, but the ego has has to have some way of ex- expression because how would I even be communi- communicating this podcast if I didn't have an ego? How would we even talk to each other without an ego? You, you, the ego is there and the ego is beautiful and find a, a place for your ego in your life. Um, but with the narcissist, the narcissist is so self-absorbed that their ego rules, this is again being a pathological thing, it rules their life. So they'll go into that victim role of everything's so bad and it's just like it's not that bad chill your fucking beans no but it's so bad and i'm so upset and it's just woe is me and it's just wow the the ego is that is the ego when someone's oh like when someone's playing the victim role it is a role it's you're not the victim you're playing a role so that is the ego everything's so bad, woe is me, like, give me more narcissistic narcissistic supply, and it's like, you know, and they can do that, and they'll do things like exaggerating, so everything's so amazing, and it's like, so exaggerative, that it's just like, it's, it's delusional, because narcissists are incredibly delusional people, and you'll recognize the arrogance, because the ego is there when they're playing the victim. I've seen people, I've seen people who even now in my life, I'm observing this person, this individual, um, because I've seen it again come up with an individual that I believe plays the victim a lot. And I literally saw this individual, um, they literally cried at me and I was just like, I felt like I was watching a movie from within myself. I kind of stepped back in the witness seat of myself and I was like, this this isn't real. This person is, this individual is literally putting on a show and it was just so obvious. Like, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to judge you, but I'm going to be really observing you from now on because that was just, that was a performance. And I don't know why you were performing, but that would indicate to me that you're either highly narcissistic are you a narcissist? You know, the kind of codependency thing came in there and I was just a bit like, you know, codependents do that as well because codependent people do use the whole um, woe is me also, but not in the same way as a narcissist. So when we see 
the narcissist playing the victim. Of course, without empathy, we're going to want to step in. And as a compassionate being, why would you not offer your empathy to that individual? Because yes, I feel very deeply sorry for the the child of a not, basically the childhood of the narcissist, but the no longer children. Um, And I think that that's what can really draw you in as an empath. You're just like, oh, I really see your inner child, like, but you've got to remember that with a narcissist, they're not connected to their inner child in the way that healthier people are. Um, And so what the narcissist does is that they use those, that victim role, um, or those crocodile tears to basically then shame you for even being there for them. It's like nothing is enough. Nothing is ever enough for a narcissist and I don't even think that they realize maybe they do I don't know I can't really speak for them but I mean how could you ever be enough for another human being at that deep well of your soul that hole within you that is constantly being filled by with money and relationships and distractions here and distractions there how could a human ever be enough for you it's it's not possible um that's that's a well within you that you need to drink from yourself but the narcissist until they actually have um make that contact with themselves and maybe one of the reasons that a narcissist maybe the only way a narcissist will ever really look at themselves and go shit whoa this is where i am i I really need to face myself is if people stop giving their power to the narcissist because then then they just have to take responsibility wouldn't there'd be no narcissistic supply anywhere so bitch get your narcissistic supply from yourself drink from your own well (laughs) so yeah, so the narcissist, even if you give them empathy, they will act as if, like, no one suffers more than them, you know? Um, and, it, and it, you know, it basically you're giving your power away to the narcissist's ego in the form of narcissistic supply when you are catering to them when they cry. It's, it, I would say it's really difficult for an empath to, to really observe what's really going on because instantly as an emotional compassionate being especially an empath which you can have said this before it really is just another word for fucking human if you're really human you'll be an empath like you so many people have been cut off from themselves and this machine this game of life makes it so much harder for people to really connect with the source you know so you're giving your power away to their ego and that's what it's about. They're self-absorbed. They have they, they need their ego because they're so afraid to go within themselves to see that they are so disconnected from their inner child. They are so disconnected from source. Um, so one of the ways in which I would I would say to kind of like going back on what I just said there about observing is okay, before I get before I get to that actually, the crocodile tears, okay. There are no tears. Most, in most cases, there are actually no, you'll get the whole covering of the face and, you know, if they're forcing it, they might, you know, you might see a little tear come out. But that, you know, if you bring logic and reason into that, into what they're saying, they will instantly stop crying. Now, I'm, when I, when a narcissist cries, they can be very dramatic. Like they'll be bawling their eyes out like a three-year-old. And I think that that, you know, it does, it's really sad, really, that I think that that's where they really are, 
within themselves, like as a three-year-old. Um, and as much as they're faking it to an explain, they are faking it as they're using it as a, a manipulative tool to get you to come back, to get you to stay. It really is who they are. Um, and, and that's how you know it's a form of emotional abuse. If when you bring logic and reason in, they'll instantly stop crying and start deflecting back at you. And it really is a tactic to control you. It's, it's sinister. It's a sick game. And, and I've said this before, that if there wasn't trauma in the narcissist's life, they wouldn't be a narcissist. And really, I am not in any way, do not take this the wrong way, making excuses for a narcissistic individual. The way that they behave is the only way that they know to behave. Now, it really comes back to, well, do I want this person in my life? If this is just the way they are, and I'm never going to be able to help this person because the more you try and help a narcissist, I'm telling you, you make it worse because they're going to want more and more and more and more. And the more they want, the more they go, the, the deeper they go into this self-absorbed ego um, that is detaching them from their own inner child so you're really not helping a narcissist when you feed into their manipulative games um so it is to control you and it really is a a sick sick game and and it's kind of like you you know you call out the abuse and then all you get back is a game it's the the game of control or when you leave and they're not crying for you because they'll be like they genuinely miss you or like they love you and they really don't want you to go. No, 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 no. This is what you need to understand in a stand and overstand of, about the narcissist. You can't paint them with the same bushy. Well, you don't really need to paint anybody. But what I'm saying is the way that they're crying, they're not crying like an individual that's healthy or an individual that's not narcissistic, right? So they're crying because not because they have empathy for you, but because of what you will take away from them when you go. This is how they see it. They don't see it as in like, like I said, they're not, it's not that they don't love you. They just don't love you in the way that you think they do. Um, and that's something to really understand when it comes to a narcissist. And especially when the waterworks start, because every narcissist is different. Like there are some narcissists who wouldn't even bother crying at you and one of the reasons may simply just be because they're not using that form of control on you they may be using it on someone else or um maybe they just haven't chosen you to be their victim I suppose um so I would say going back to what I said before I didn't really um, expand on it but in fact I didn't even touch on it what we're talking about <laughs> don't get so absorbed when you see a narcissist cry just pause for a minute because it's a web of manipulation you have to be able to step away within yourself it doesn't need to be something that's obvious to them this is between you and you you want to step away and I mean step away within yourself and really observe what's going on um in episode 28 I spoke about the observe don't absorb technique which is Ross Rosenberg technique, which is an excellent book uh, called The Human Magnet Syndrome. I highly recommend. Um, which is basically being able to observe what's going on, but don't don't become so um, don't absorb yourself into the emotion of it, especially as an empath, because they're manipulating your emotions. It's like the media. It's like they are. So so manipulative of people's emotions and when you realize what emotions really are 
and you realize how powerful emotions are, you can see that you're on this roller coaster with the narcissist of up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. It never seems to kind of be healthy at any moment. And the minute you're thinking, oh, this is great, bam, there you go with the emotional abuse again. And that's kind of like how the media is. It's kind of like manipulating your emotions here, manipulating your emotions there, because you're easy to easier to control. Because with the media, you don't even know which emotions emotions are your own anymore because there's a program on Netflix here that's manipulating your emotions. You stick on the news and that's manipulating manipulating your emotions. You read this newspaper and it's it's all about the manipulation of your emotions because when you can manipulate someone's emotions, you become extremely unsettled and you lose your connection to yourself. So with the media and with the narcissist, it's kind of the same thing. It's that the more rattled you are, the more all over the place you are, you're not connected to yourself. And if you're not connected to yourself, then you're not able to discern what's really going on. So, you know, some narcissists won't cry in front of you, but they might not be using that tactic on you. They might be using something else. So I want to read something from Wikipedia here about crocodile tears. So according to Wikipedia, crocodile tears or superficial sympathy is a false, insincere display of emotion, such as hypo- such as a hypocrite crying false tears of grief. So the, um, it derives from an ancient belief that crocodiles shed tears when consuming their prey, and as such is present in many modern day languages, especially in Europe. So while crocodiles do have tear ducts, they weep to lubricate their their eyes typically when they've been out of water for a long time and their eyes are beginning to dry out. However, evidence suggests this could also be triggered by feeding. Isn't that really interesting? It's really, it's, it's a superficial sympathy. And crocodiles cry when they're about to, well, when they're consuming their prey, which is when you look at that in terms of the narcissist, it's, it's, it's what they're doing. They're consuming you pulling you back into their manipulative web. And just as like the crocodile um, cries um, because they're, they're triggered by feeding, again, with the narcissist, they're feeding off you emotionally. And, and narcissists can cry in an absolute instant. So again, the emotion is all about them. So they're not crying in the same way that a healthy empath- empath- empathic individual does. The empathy, again, is not for you. The tears will basically just cause you, like, they, to them, they, they feel that their tears will cause you to stay, that's their agenda, they play the victim so that you feel guilty for leaving them, or you feel guilty for exposing them, it's a web of manipulation, and again, this is why from the beginning I've spoke about what actually creates the narcissist, because what I want, I don't want people to be like, you're a narcissist and you're evil, Yes, some of their actions can be perceived as evil, but the way in which, and again, please hear me out when I say this, I am not in any way making excuses. I'm just, just so that you understand what's going on in their head. Everything a narcissist does has been done to them. So that's the only way they know how to survive. Um, they haven't made that connection to their inner child. You know, they're, they're almost cut off from love. And this is going really deep in saying this, but what really it like you know like when when we say that, that that we're all a part of the same oneness, it is true. 
And I get very triggered um, when I'm thinking about a psychopath and I think, no, how is it possible that we're all one when this person murders people and this person, um, trigger warning here, um, rapes children and, and does the most horrific thing? When you look at that really deeply, when you look at that deeply, that psychopath is wanting to see how far they can get with their actions because they're actually cut off from love. Now, if you're cut off from love, then what else are you cut off from? You're cut off from source. What else are you cut off from? You're cut off from yourself. Where are you as the psychopath? Where are you as the narcissist? Where are you as the sociopath? These people, again, have been deeply traumatized. Not necessarily the psychopath. Maybe an ancestor has and they've passed on the warrior gene. I've not really looked into it as deeper than that. And again, I'm going to say this again. I'm not a psychologist. I'm saying this from my own study and my own wisdom and my own healing from narcissistic abuse. So, and not just narcissistic abuse, but being in many, many, many narcissistic relationships. Um, As a child of somebody that is sociopathic, I'm not diagnosing this individual, but this is just in my own awareness. Um, I became more of the codependent as a child, really, really quite mute as a child, couldn't really stand up for myself. Um, And that's just how I turned out being in that environment. And I think that it's really important for us to, at least I think, I mean, you might not agree with me and that's okay. Don't ever take anything that I say as your truth. Discern everything, question everything, question everything I say um, and go and research in your own time. Um, But I find it interesting for me personally to see why someone is the way they are. And that is not at all making excuses or allowing that to be a justification for them, for them then treating me that way. So as a psychopath, it's okay for you to go around hurting other human beings because you were hurt or because you're cut off from love or cut off from source. No, it's not okay. And I think that at a deep, 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 deep level, I definitely can see the oneness in all of it. Um, and it's taken me a long time to be able to see that. You know, when I first started healing from narcissistic abuse, I was like, oh, this person's evil and they're just disgusting and the demons. And I'm like, from a spiritual perspective, you can see how as an empty vessel cut off from source, how you would be very open to demonic possession or entities being attached to you. But there's a difference between realizing why they can be open to to entities and there's a difference between them being open to that and then actually being a demon themselves. I don't, you know, I I am still very careful in what I say as I'm expanding and healing from everything. So um, when it comes to the crocodile tears, it's just something else. And really, the way you are really able to see and observe what's going on is when you start healing from narcissistic abuse. Now, I know there's going to be beings that listen because I'll be honest with you, the most listened to podcasts are the ones where I'm talking about narcissistic abuse or healing from it. I think that we don't realize how many of us have a narcissistic parent and it's affected us. We have a narcissistic sibling and it's affected us. It's you know, we've, we were married to a narcissist and my heart, my God, my heart goes out to you. If you're in a relationship that you, where you feel you can't get out and you know in your own soul what you need to do. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but you would have to be willing to 
put your whole being aside to be there for a, a being that is cut off from source and is that the way that you want to spend your life is you know I've walked away from multiple friendships that you know it's not it's, again it's not a case of pointing the finger you're a narcissist because sometimes I've got um, a family member in my life who is well they've been labeled schizophrenic and this individual is to me anyway highly narcissistic now I don't know whether that overlaps with schizophrenia or whether they're just not able to um, give as much but I'm very careful within myself in saying that this person is a narcissist. I can acknowledge and observe for myself and and discern for myself that they're highly narcissistic, but I'm careful within myself to use that label because, again, it's just a label. I think that bringing bringing awareness to narcissistic personality disorder or sociopathy or psychopathy... It, they're just labels for beings that have gone through deep trauma and they're completely cut off from themselves that they want to go around traumatizing others. Um, and I think that the tears, at least for me as an empath, um, let's get to a point where we don't have to use the word empath, just fucking human, right? <laughs> um, as an empath, I feel that that's one of the things that I, I've always felt is really difficult. Until recently, I really started seeing how an individual in my life was constantly using the tears to manipulate me. And I just had to tell this person, look, just stop. Just stop. Like, it's not going to work with me, you know. And it's just like, it's it, none of that works with me. And, and the kind of thing is, you don't even have to call out a narcissist um, and tell them who they are. You tell them. But again, you know, because sometimes they might try and harm you in some sort of way if you exploit them even just to that to them you know but again I'm I'm just I'm just like I don't give a fucking shit I don't give a fucking shit there's nothing you can say about me that I don't already say publicly so what the fuck are you gonna do and in my own healing I'm just like I'm gonna fucking call you out you're toxic as fuck and this is just me with my rebellious way of being I am extremely rebellious and at the beginning of my when I started really sharing with you how to heal from narcissistic abuse I did mention that it's probably best not to call them out in in a set. Not call them out. Not call them manipulation. Manipulation out all the behaviour out, but say to them that they are a narcissist. Now, there's beings in my life that I don't fear. I don't personally fear the narcissist at all. Um, at all. I've gotten to this level in my healing where I don't fear them at all, like I used to. And um, I actually see how um child childish not even childlike because i think there's a difference between childlike and childish how childish they are and how much of their fearful persona is actually not real i see right through it um and so they don't fear me um i think that i think it was really important to for me to go through what i've been through so that i'm not just so that i'm able to help others but i know that so many of us going through abusive relationships so many of us are experiencing such hardships because when it comes to a parent that's really hard your love for your parent even if our parents have hurt us we deeply love them even if they fucking piss us off and you just can't stand them you can't be around them you still love them because they're just you, you your parent but sometimes you do have to whether it's a sibling or your parent, whoever, step back and see this individual as a human being. And what I mean by that is just forget that you're a parent, that they're your parent for a minute. Forget that they're your sister. 
they're a human being and they're choosing to project their shitty behavior onto you it's not it's not something that you have to put up with and I think when it comes to crocodile tears it's just gotten to a point now where it just like it's so off-putting it's so off-putting because the whole crying like a baby thing is 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 and it's it, it again it's kind of in if we're not talking about a narcissist here and we're talking about a healthy human being I'm a cancerian and I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna sugarcoat I cry all the time and when it's just me in my room I'm bawling like a baby and it's just like I feel that my, I'm emotionally quite stunted you know I've read about emotional intelligence and that's something that I'm healing through but because of the trauma in my own childhood I know that emotionally I'm stunted in some aspect and that is just something that I'm healing and something that I'm working through and I accept that about myself um and I'm not saying that healthy human beings that cry are narcissists it's just when it becomes pathological and you and you because at the end of the day even a cancerian is manipulative emotionally I'm not you know human beings can be emotionally manipulative people are going to be listening to this podcast like Amy what are you saying are you saying that I'm a narcissist no I'm not because it's like remember when I spoke about shadow contrast now I got the, the whole concept of the shadow contract from Amanda Flaker um, who did the podcast with, uh, what was the podcast called? We Are the Original Technology. And the shadow contracts, we all, because we're not in touch with our subconscious mind, the subjective part of us, we're only really, we, we enter into these relationships consciously, like, well, we think we're consciously entering them. But we don't consciously speak about the hidden or the shadow contracts of why we're in that relationship in the first place. Now, if a woman was real with herself that had low self-esteem and she didn't have any goals for herself, maybe she was married to a man because he provided for her financially and physically and she's never going to turn around and say, hey, I'm married to you for the money, even if she loves him or not. Now, I'm just that, again, I'm not generalised, I'm just saying as that one unique individual. Um, it's a shadow contract. We enter into these relationships all the time. I even spoke, I said this recently in a podcast that... Um, I spoke to a friend of mine when we went for food a couple of weeks ago and I, I, I really felt that I wanted to get real with this individual and I really explained to this individual that there was a shadow contract in this relationship and I wanted that shadow to be recognised. There's nothing wrong with a shadow contract. There's really nothing wrong with it. Again, what is right and wrong? What is bad and good? It's like what you're in alignment with, right? But the thing is, is that... Fly out my arm. Um, when we're not making the subconscious conscious we're then ruled by all these hidden motives and it's it's just good to have things out on the table just like this and this individual said back to me that that they recognized that and they shared their shadow contract and I think it was really interesting and, and and vulnerable to be in a place where you can actually and I've only ever said this with one person in my life I just felt that in that moment it was so important to really admit that and and not just to admit but to admit to myself to see if I could do it and I really felt I was honoring myself and I think that the deeper we get I'm reading the power of the subconscious mind I said this in my last podcast anyway so I don't need to tell you who that's about bye anyway and just in case you didn't listen to the last podcast I will tell you it's by uh Joseph Murphy the power of 
the power of your subconscious mind. And I think that it is so important to, when we're talking about healing trauma, it's actually recognizing this underworld within us that we, we were not really accessing and then this underworld is really controlling our conscious mind and we think we're living free and it's just like listen I'm still learning about what it means to be really free you know we are free we just are we just just we just are that's just what we are it's who we are but I think trauma can really change us um it can mold us um ideas can change us ideas can mold us experiences, nurture nature, um, everything adds culture, you know, everything adds childhood experiences, um, everything adds to who we eventually become. And I think that, you know, even when, even thinking in terms of, you know, my last podcast, we're talking about the whole archetype and, um, the mother archetype, just in, in terms of archetypes in general, I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, but you know, it's okay. I'll bring it back even in terms of whatever archetype you fit into, because I'm more of the wild woman archetype, that archetype can change at any time. What makes your archetype as a person is just like your experiences, your culture, what you've been through. Like it can change and you can change. And even if you are in a relationship with a narcissist and you're just like, oh, what do I do now? Baby steps to what you are in alignment to. Because the highest version of you is on the other side of fear and the narcissist represents that fear and your highest self really is you. I don't even like, I don't even like the whole highest self in terms of a label. It's just the truth of who you are. So I hope you got something from this podcast today. Um, I love you all deeply. If you're not um, following me, following me. If you're not connecting with me on Instagram, it's amyleticia underscore 777. I'll put that in the show description down below. If you feel called to support this podcast, you can send a heart donation to paypal.me forward slash amyleticia777. I'll put that in the show notes down below. I've been having some issues for nearly a year now. It's been a year and a month since I've had this podcast, or a year and two months. No joke, none of my podcast... um, reviews are getting through. I've contacted uh, the podcast platform that I'm using. I've had multiple people say they've, they've added reviews and nothing's come up. So if you do want to try, um, if, if you, you know, if you're benefiting from this podcast, I would really appreciate if you give, give it a review and five stars, if that's what you believe I deserve. Share this podcast on your social media and don't forget to tag me because I've noticed a few people sharing my podcasts, but they never tag me. And then like when I'm scrolling and like, oh, you didn't tag me, you know. Um, yeah, because it, it, ultimately it's not about me. It's not about my what I'm bringing. It's really about us being able to collectively see where we've been traumatized or collectively see where we've been giving our power away, who we've been giving our power away to, so that we can really become the greatest version of, versions of ourselves, so that we become, be, be the person that we are made to be. It's why we're here. And I really don't believe that anyone is here to be subservient to the narcissist, you know. So, crocodile tears, don't fall for it. It's all a part of the narcissist's game, a very sinister, sick game. The root of that game is trauma. Heal your trauma and you're not going to want to try and heal someone else's. I love you.